Hello, my name is Derek Lawler and I'm a partner in the Dublin office of Simmons & Simmons. In this Academy podcast, we're going to look at passporting under MECA and how firms can use passporting to provide their services across the EU. So within Chapter 1 of Title 5 of MECA, uh, Article 59 on authorization says that crypto asset service providers will be allowed to provide their services throughout the EU. And it says they can do that either through the right of establishment, including through a branch, or through the freedom to provide services. And it goes on to note that those crypto asset service providers that provide their services on a cross-border basis shall not be required to have a physical presence in the territory of a host member state. So this is referred to as passporting, and it's one of the fundamental features of the EU financial services regulations. The background to passporting is that all EU member states are members of the single market, and that means that products and services can be traded without barriers from one country to another. This free movement of financial products and services takes place under a system known as passporting. Firms can passport into any other member state because due to harmonization of regulation at the EU level, all of those firms are operating with under the same rules and regulations. So the standard of regulations is uniform across the EU and that means that such firms should be allowed access to the entire single market. So from a given member state's perspective, passporting can either be passporting in or passporting out. And this is where the, the difference in differentiation between the home member state and the host member state comes in. So passporting in is where a firm uses an authorization obtained in one EEA member state, which is called its home member state, to sell its products or services to consumers in another member state, which is called a host member state. So effectively, the host member state is importing those financial services and products. From the Looking at it from the other way around, from the home member state's perspective, the firms established in its territory are selling their products to customers into another EU member state, and now the home member state is effectively exporting those financial products and services. It's also worth pointing out the difference between freedom of, of establishment and freedom of service. So a firm can exercise its passporting rights either through freedom of establishment, which involves setting up a branch or a physical presence in the host member state, or freedom of services, which does not. So when you're exercising your passporting rights under freedom of services, you're simply providing those services into the host member state on a cross-border basis. And the way passporting works generally, the way that one gets the permission in the first place to provide services either on a freedom of establishment or freedom of service basis, is that one will go to the home member state regulator. You will tell the home member state regulator which other EEA member states you wish to provide services into. You will tell your regulator if you wish to do that on the freedom of service of establishment or freedom of services basis and from then on the interaction will be between the relevant regulators and then you'll receive the decision uh, on when you're allowed to to provide those services so a firm that that passports its services into another member state will remain prudentially regulated by its home member state regulator. So in other words, the requirements that apply to the firm around managing risk and holding sufficient capital will continue to be applied by the home country. But in addition to this, firms may be supervised by the host member state for conduct of business rules. So all of the main rules that apply to you will always be the rules of your home member state, 
but you may be subject to some local rules around around conduct of business. And so this is in recognition that all of the member state regulators are applying the same rules. So there's no need for a firm to be supervised by more than one regulator or to be overseen by, by more than one regulator. That in essence is how passporting can work. And so Mika comes with a right of, of passporting built into it. So looking at firms then established outside the EU, we're just going to mention briefly equivalence and reverse inquiry. So equivalence is based on a decision by the European Commission that a specific third country, so a non-EEA country, can have access to the single market under specific regulation. The things to note about this decision are that it's unilateral and it's non-reciprocal, and it's determined by the, the European Commission carrying out an assessment of that third country's rules and supervisory mechanisms. If the Commission determines that those rules are equivalent to the EU regulatory regime and if they re achieve the same results, <coughs> then that's, that firms from that third country will be allowed access to the single market. The thing to bear in mind always is that because it's a decision which is granted on a unilateral basis by the EU, it can also be withdrawn by the EU on a, uh, on a unilateral basis. So at the moment, there's no specific equivalence regime under MECA. What the regulation does say back in the transitional and final provision, so in the last Article 140, uh, is that the Commission, having consulted with the EBA and with ESMA, is due to deliver a report to the European Parliament by the 30th of June 2027. And they have to deliver an interim report by the 30th of June 2025. And one of the things that that report has to cover is an assessment of whether an equivalence regime should be established under MECA for entities providing crypto asset services or issuers of asset reference tokens or issuers of e-money tokens from third countries. So it remains to be seen how equivalence will work under the MECA regulation. The final thing we'll look at then is reverse inquiry. So MECA does contain specific rules around reverse inquiry. And these are in essence that where a client which is established within the EU initiates at its own exclusive initiative the provision of a crypto asset service or activity by a third country firm, then that third country firm does not need to be licensed in the EU. So the, the reasoning behind allowing reverse inquiry is that an EU customer should be allowed to uh, make a decision of, of who they want to receive their, their services from. And if they do that off, off their own exclusive initiative, so if that third country firm has in no way solicited business from EU clients, then that third country firm should not have to become registered in the EU. Now, what Mika says specifically is that, the, uh, is that ESMA will issue guidelines uh, to specify the situations in which a third country firm is deemed to solicit clients established in the EU. And so that's an anti-avoidance measure. It's to prevent abuse of the reverse inquiry regime. What we would say, uh, and this is based on our experience with reverse inquiry under similar EU regulations such as MIFID, is that it should only be used by third country firms on an exceptional basis. So it should never be the the foundations of a, of a business model. It should only be on a case-by-case -case basis. It's restricted to the specific goods and services that the EU client has asked you for. And so, and it has to be documented in this way to avoid a licensing requirement arising. So that is a summary of passporting, equivalence, and reverse inquiry as they apply to Mika.